Ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, the Anchor Podcasting Network is proud to bring you the Someday Award-winning podcast, Double Tap, presented by Mulraney Media. I am your host, Mike Mulraney. This is the podcast for best practices in social media, news affecting the industry, and a discussion about freelancing and consulting. Welcome to episode 7 of Double Tap, presented by Mulraney Media. I am your host, Mike Mulraney. On this week, we'll be discussing forays into Fiverr, Pinterest beginning a crackdown on conspiracy-related content in a continuation of last week's episode, best practices regarding Facebook advertisement and geotargeting, and Facebook moderation. The expose came out this week from The Verge about a uh, Facebook plant in Arizona and the effect content moderation has on the people tasked with it. And with that, let's get into the first topic. To start things off, let's talk about Fiverr. As you may know, in episode three of Fiverr Festivus for the Rest of Us, I had trouble getting off the ground in Fiverr, and I noticed that a lot of the people who got started with Fiverr kind of game the system, having friends or family members order from them low orders in order to get five-star ratings to get better access to where they would appear in search functions on the site. And from there, they kind of grew their brand that way. And so for about a month before I went on my rant in episode three, I was all in on Fiverr. I have a friend of mine who makes a lot of money there. It's basically their full-time job. They've been interviewed by CNBC and Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine based on what she's been doing through Fiverr. So I was all excited about it. I wanted to get into it. The second leading Market on there is digital advertisement. That's something we all do. So I joined Fiverr and for about a month, I don't hear anything. I go on this rant. I leave my store open just in case. Then it gets to be about Friday night of this past week. I look it up on my Fiverr account. It's been 47 or 48 days since I lost my, launched my store or my gigs on Fiverr. And I get my first order out of the blue. I hadn't logged in in a couple of weeks. There's no way they could have seen that I was online unless it links up through my app or it says I'm always online since I have the app. But I get an order place and something small. It's five Instagram posts through someone. I do them real quick. It's just filler content about the specials at a restaurant for each day of the week. And uh, it was quick, and the person I worked with was very friendly. I had heard some horror stories going in. But then uh, he places a second order for 20 Instagram filler content posts for two different bars. And uh, so we're starting to pick up some momentum, and uh, Fiverr just seems to be waiting on a buyer to take a chance with you. Once you start to get these reviews... I uh, 
Saturday night, I had 12 hours to review 16 pages of like a children's cloth book about animals. Just the first review giving me five stars must have moved me so far up beyond everybody who has yet to fill an order. So for those of you who kind of listened to me and abandoned Fiverr, had negative aspects to Fiverr that I might have hit on, I want everybody to know that since I did kind of go on that festivist rant about my grievances with Fiverr, that I did get to fill three orders over the weekend. It took a while. There's not really any advertisement you can do outside of putting it maybe on your website or promoting it through your Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter accounts. But you're kind of relying on somebody taking a chance on you and somebody stumbled upon my page this week and took a chance. So Fiverr is definitely more difficult to get starting than, say, Upwork is. But once it appears that Fiverr, someone takes a chance on you, you appear better off in the search function. I got more impressions this week. I got more clicks. I actually had three orders. I'm up to like 10% click-through or something small like that. Um, But all my numbers are trending up there. So if you did give up on Fiverr or you have given up on Fiverr, just make sure that you don't turn off your gigs, that you don't mark that you're away. The chances are someone out there will give you a chance. And then once you get one or two reviews, it looks like it's easier for you beyond that point. Now, granted, I have six or seven gigs listed and I've only fulfilled three orders off of two of them. So it's not like I've seen an avalanche of activity. But I did feel I owed it to all of you after I went on a rant to update you. And that when somebody does take a chance on you, and it's usually if it is a stranger and you perform well, that five-star rating really bumps you up, or any rating at all, I would imagine, really bumps you up to appearing better off in searches and being able to be found and for other people to take a chance on your work. I'm working on maybe putting the reviews in some type of quote from Canva to put up on the Moraney Media Instagram account or Facebook page to let people become more aware of it. But for the time being, I'm still looking for five or strangers. I haven't gotten an order since Saturday, but Having a flurry of activity over the weekend, I feel certainly helped. And as any freelancer or consultant will tell you, money coming in is always better than money going out. So to make a few bucks over the weekend during dead time where there's no football and there's not really spring training baseball look forward to and there's only one or two NBA games and it's still freezing cold here in Albany. So... It was nice to get on the board with Fiverr and I would encourage all of you who are still looking at it to be patient, keep your store open, and eventually Fiverr will come for you. You might not make the money off of it some of your friends are early on, but you won't really be doing that in freelancing or consulting either. So stay patient. I jumped the gun, but I am looking forward to more orders with Fiverr down the line. 
Believe it or not, now Pinterest is cracking down on anti-vaxxer propaganda on their platform. In a continuation of the stories we did last week with Facebook cracking down on anti-vaxxer propaganda spread through advertisement and YouTube cracking down on conspiracy theories themselves, Pinterest now, in addition to a 2016, in a continuation of a 2016 campaign against anti-vaxxer content on their platform, will be banning and removing certain search terms like vaccine, vaccines, vaccination, vaccinations, and anti-vax. In 2016, 75% of posts related to vaccinations were anti on the platform, resulting in language banning the promotion of false cures for terminal or chronic illnesses and anti-vaccine advice to be added to the community guidelines in 2017. Now, I was not overly familiar with Pinterest's interface. I've played around with it a little bit just because you never know when a client's going to ask about it or if someone or if something changes from the last time you saw it. So it's always important to be available for all of the platforms so you never you're never turning anyone away and you always are comfortable with the level of product that you are putting out there for any client that you're charging but i always found that pinterest was a place for crafters and crochet uh crocheters and knitters and do it yourself home jobs and parts of a wedding you want or this dining room table or how you would want your sunroom in the home you may own one day to look or what's your game room going to look like or cool setups for your gaming systems. I never really thought of Pinterest as a hotbed of conspiracy theories, but it appears that these kind of conspiracy theorists are putting their content up basically anywhere that it can be found or viewed. So Pinterest has actually been one of the more proactive social media sites in terms of taking this kind of information down. With the 2016 moves to make it against the community guidelines and now in 2019 of beginning to ban and remove certain search terms to prevent you from seeking it out. This goes back into the conversation we were having last week as well. Is it better to deplatform these users or is it better to make it so their content is incredibly difficult to find, that it's not going out to the large scale universe, that it's not going out to all of the users, that you can't stumble upon it by accident and that it's cleaned out of the algorithm so that if it's being posted in in certain places, that unless you belong to this group or unless you seek it out, that it is not available to you. And it appears that Pinterest, while making it in part of their community guidelines, they're now taking it a step further where if you do violate these community guidelines and they have not found it or have not been able to remove your account or are hesitant to because they like 
to keep their user numbers up that now they can, in fact, make it more difficult for your content to be found if you're a conspiracy theorist. And that's always the kind of side of the fence that I fall on as being more reluctant to de-platform users and more favorable toward making this kind of content virtually impossible to be found because of the damage it can cause to our society in terms of we just saw that. And I would like to see these kinds of aggressive measures put in place by all of the major social media networking companies, be it YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, VSCO, Google Advertisements, anywhere that this kind of propaganda can be found, be it anti-vax, terrorism, natural disasters, the moon landing, flat earthers, anywhere these kinds of conspiracy theories can grow and fester and cause damage to our society. I look forward to other platforms following Pinterest lead and not necessarily deplatforming, but completely ending the organic and paid for reach of all of these posts moving forward. Let's talk about Facebook advertising best practices. Today, there was a special election for the public advocate in New York City. Now, New York State is a very large state. I live upstate in Albany, New York, and uh, I was bombarded with Facebook advertisement today for the city public advocate race. I live two and a half, three hours north of Albany. But these advertisements that were placed on behalf of these candidates were for people who like the page and their friends. And that is the default Facebook advertisement setting. And it's also my least favorite advertising setting. If you're running a candidate or a small business's page, you don't want to reach the friends of the people who like your page. Now, it would be a good idea for if you're creating an account for your personality, if you have a radio show or you have, um, if you're going to create an account for like my Facebook page of my podcast and you want to reach people for one, two area, two degrees of separation from you. But in terms of candidates or small businesses, you want to get the people who can vote for you or you want to get the people who can visit your store. And when you reach people who like your page and friends of, you're, if you buy an advertisement for me and I like your page and you're trying to reach my friends, well, I've got family in New Jersey and West Virginia and Kansas and Florida and Pennsylvania and all over the United States. And those people, and I'm not a unique case. People go away to college. People have family in other places. People are moving more often than ever. 
you're not spending every single cent that you have productively. Now, one of the things that I like to do is I like to geotarget based on zip code. I'm not a big fan of the radius. I feel like some of the radius is wasted in lakes and rivers and highways, and there's a lot of dead area spaces where if you do zip code, I feel like you're getting everywhere where there's a residence. And if you're if you have a local candidate who's only running for mayor or you think that you only get business from people in your town or traveling through, you can go all the way down to the town level. But I always prefer zip codes and I find them throughout the entire county. For some reason at this point, Facebook doesn't allow you to target just based on county. But if you Google any zip codes by XX County, Google will put them all up in the top or they'll send you to zipcodes.com or some filler website with all of the information on it. And that's all extraordinarily helpful. If you work for an industry where you have, let's say you do a lot of direct mail advertisement and or you're getting a lot of people's email addresses through a contact form, if you're a real estate company, contact information is always very important. Or if you're running some sort of returning business message or if you're a local business reaching out to people through direct mail, then you're then what you're going to want to do is to go into your ads manager, create an audience, find the template there when you go to create your audience with a customer file and upload that directly so you're only hitting the people with follow-ups that you want to hit. Now, moving beyond that, if you're going the zip code route, you have to do your best in the detailed targeting to create what your audience is going to look like. And the best way to do that is if you're, say, working for a landscaping company and they want you to buy advertisement, perhaps one of the things you write into the detailed targeting bar is, one, the word landscaping, and then, two, perhaps recently moved. People who move are obviously going to look for people who mow their lawn, take care of the hedges, plant the types of trees and shrubbery that they expect on their property. And from there, the suggestions will kind of walk you through what the best things are for your specific brand or company. And then when you get through there, it will then ask you for if you want to exclude anything. Now, if your client is a steakhouse Perhaps in the exclude, you want to put, for instance, vegan or vegetarian or back to the landscaping thing. If you want to exclude DIY because they're more likely to handle home improvement projects by themselves or home improvements. This is just another way to ensure that your money is being spent in the best way possible. Another issue with the public advocate campaign Facebook ads I received today was that the polls closed at 9 o'clock and people just selected 
the the election day to run for the full day. It doesn't make any sense to pay for an ad at 11 o'clock that polls closed two hours ago. And it certainly doesn't make any sense to target all of New York State when only a few, when only the city can vote for you. And the city can only vote for you until 9 p.m. Facebook, when you set up the days of your ad, can, you can also set up the time. Now, this is only available, I believe, through the Ads Manager, where you can select the exact cutoff time for your Facebook ads. For me personally, when I do a campaign, I like to set them for an hour to an hour and a half, two hours behind when the polls close. Just because if somebody is going to vote for you that late, they're already either in line or if they're not already out by 7, 8 o'clock, the odds are that they're not going to get in the car and stand in line at that point. You kind of missed your window. But if you're running advertisement for a steakhouse or if your restaurant ended up on Uber Eats or Grubhub and you want an advertisement with that, run an advertisement from the time you start taking orders to the 45 minutes to an hour when you stop taking orders. If you only do orders Monday through Friday, you can set up those ads. You can set them up for the weekends at different times. You have to create different ads or maybe even a B test but the opportunities are there. Facebook allows for all of these tools for you. And the more you can familiarize yourself with just how and where and when your ads are going to be placed, the more efficiently you will spend every cent. When it's your business, when it's your name on the line, you want to be accountable for every single cent that your client spends or you spend on behalf of your client. And the best way to do that is by setting up advertisements to run when they're the most effective. And by, and when you go into the Facebook Ads Manager and you take the time to f- customize every single aspect of it, you're going to get the most out of your ads and you're going to get your clients coming back to you time and time again. And you won't have to spend your day monitoring the Facebook comments of the ads where they're saying, I can't vote for you. Why am I getting this ad? This is the wrong state. You don't want to look bad to your boss, to your client. And you don't want to spend your own money poorly. There's only a finite amount of resources you have as a consultant freelancer using your own name. Make sure you use them wisely and customizing and taking the time on Facebook ads is the best way to do that because it's the best way to reach your clients or your customers or your audience where they spend the lion's share of their day on their phone, on Facebook, checking the news. So go through your Facebook ads, set up a dummy one, don't pay for one right now, but familiarize yourself with it. And if it still seems overbearing or if you need more help or you still don't feel comfortable with it, I encourage you to head to MulraneyMedia.com and reach out to us and we'll be more than happy to set up your advertising on your behalf. (music) 
I want to end this week's episode by talking about a harrowing expose that The Verge put out this week about Facebook content moderation and its human costs. Now, this is a long piece. Uh, It took me about two or three times to get through, not because of the length of it, but because of how difficult it was to read about the people tasked with cleaning up Facebook. Now, this is something that everyone on Facebook or interested in social media management or marketing should have to read. Facebook has a very sterilized reporting procedure process where if you're not somebody who has to deal with this kind of stuff, if you see content that's racist or homophobic or conspiracy theory or fake news or violent, you click the little X, you click uh, report and you fill it out and it disappears from your feed and then you get a push notification later like, hey, we took a look at this, it did violate it, so we took it down, we warned the content creator about what it did or we banned them or suspend them and uh, you never really think about it again. And for a lot of us and for a lot of people I spoke to, they assumed that when you went through and did this thing, that a smart AI or some kind of computer program was the first one to look at it. And then if it couldn't make a judgment, it then sent it to a person. But it appears from this Verge expose that followed around the content moderators uh, in Arizona who make about $14 an hour, $28,000 a year to review every piece of content that is submitted as being in violation of the terms of terms and conditions of using Facebook. And uh, it followed them around and the anxiety issues and the post-traumatic stress and the kinds of mental and physical an emotional drain that that has on a human being. And to read that for 15, 20 minutes, however long it takes you to sit down and read it in its entirety, is emotionally draining on you as the reader. So I couldn't imagine what it's like to sit at your desk and these kind of places, they offer you two 15s and a 30 for a break and You only get nine minutes away from your desk for mental wellness checks. And these are people who are viewing videos of some of them are conspiracy based and they're seeing them all day. And then the article talks about people on that floor that are succumbing to the very conspiracy theories that they're designed to label as fake news, that they're falling victim to believing in flat earth conspiracies or believing in 9-11 conspiracies. One of the guys started to believe in 9-11 conspiracy so deeply that he went out and bought a gun and sweeps his house with a firearm every single morning. And people are having sex to relieve the stress of the job in the break room and in the breastfeeding room. And These people are taking their mental health breaks that they're afforded, those only nine minutes, 
to go to the bathroom because there's only three stalls in each bathroom. And it really showed the human expense of using social media to intimidate and to spread this kind of misinformation. And we've spoken about this in the past two weeks with anti-vax and flat earth and 9-11 conspiracies. And now Google YouTube is working the crackdown on pedophilia and child abuse on its platform. And this all comes from real live human beings sitting at computers for six, seven, eight hours a day watching these videos, sometimes sound on, sometimes they have to watch all the way through of we read about people who had to witness gang murders and people who had to witness domestic violence and people who are viewing these conspiracy theories and it just gets to be such a human such a taxing and emotional position that these people are in only because they feel that they can get a better job through working through it through Facebook and these contractors are viewed as expendable and they typically have a work period of one year and it's because they just get so drained and there are inadequate mental health resources and it's just such a heartbreaking story and it goes to show you that while we can't ever be discouraged of cleaning up the Facebook platform, when we do report these things, we are starkly reminded that it is not as sterile as it seems. That these human beings do have to then look at this content and watch it and then decide whether or not it gets taken down. And they're scored based on their accuracy. And the accuracy isn't just does it deserve to get taken down, but why does it deserve to get taken down? And these employees aren't well compensated and there's not adequate bathrooms and there's not adequate mental health services there. And the mental health services are only available up until your termination or your resignation. They don't pay for a continuation of mental health services. And for those of you who are interested, the article is up on our Facebook page, Mulraney Media. I would encourage everyone to read it, to get familiar with it, and to understand the human toll and to continue to press Facebook and tech giants for better working conditions and mental health coverage for these people who help keep these internet sites clean but are also in these positions to work their way up in the company and that they're well taken care of and that they're not dealing with these kind of mental illnesses that impact them for the rest of their lives. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for episode seven of Double Tap presented by Mulraney Media. I have been your host, Mike Mulraney, and I will see you next week. First on IGTV, our Instagram channel Mulraney Media, covers one 
issue from our podcast each week where we give a little sneak peek about what's going to be on the podcast and a little bit about what we're going to cover. So be sure to subscribe to our IGTV channel and follow our Instagram page. We also have a Facebook account, Mulraney Media. I encourage you to check out the Verge article posted there and a new story about Instagram stories and what's going on with them with a potential for fundraising. And then we're also on Fiverr. If you want an idea of what kind of services we can offer at Moraney Media, but you don't want to pay full retail price, check out our Fiverr store. Dip your toe in the water. See what we can offer. Fiverr store is fiverr.com slash Media. If you're interested in us helping you out full time, taking your business, your influencer account, your political campaign, your organization, your nonprofit, to the next level on social media, MulraneyMedia.com. It's up. It's running. You can subscribe to the podcast there. Read our blog. Check out the services we offer. Read my bio. It's all there at MulraneyMedia.com. And then, this podcast can be found everywhere. Podcasts can be listened to. Anchor.fm. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. It's everywhere. Subscribe, rate, comment, review. Let us know how we're doing. Send us a voicemail for this show through Anchor. It's free. We're trying to create a community of freelancers, consultants, people interested in the future of social media. We'll play it on the air. We'll start a conversation. We'll help everybody grow together. We can make the internet a better place. And I'll see you next week for episode eight. Thank you.